You're listening to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast with Dr. Dan Pallison. Dr. Dan is a licensed clinical psychologist, a speaker, and a financial advisor. He serves as the Chief of Investor Behavior at Keystone Wealth Partners. Dr. Dan is passionate about helping people tap into the behaviors that bring about wealth, health, and happiness. And now, here's Dr. Dan. Hey, welcome to the Behavioral Wealth Podcast. I'm Dr. Dan. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's jump right in. I want to talk today about planning for the expected and the unexpected. This is a bit of a continuation of the last episode. The last episode was the first episode of the year, and I talked about New Year's resolutions and and how to go through some practical strategies and methods to prepare yourself to actually follow through and maintain your New Year's resolutions. And big spoiler alert here, a lot of it is planning for some of the unexpected. It's anticipating some of the obstacles that could get in the way of your New Year's resolutions, creating plans around those, and that's really going to help you sustain your pursued efforts towards those resolutions. And so I'm going to continue kind of in the same vein today. I've really been inspired by a colleague of mine. It's Kenny Gatliff. He's been on the show before. He's a CFA, a chartered financial analyst, a bit of the creme de la creme when it comes to finances. And he and I just recorded a a coaching for our clients at Keystone Wealth Partners. So many of you know, I, I serve as the chief of investor behavior for a wealth management firm. And Kenny and I got together and just talked about, you know, what to expect for 2022, what what should we be doing with our financial plans, you know, in 2022? And a big part of it was identifying what is knowable and what is unknowable. Because the thing about that which is unknowable is that it's there. So the unexpected, we need to expect the unexpected. We don't know what it will be. We just know that it will be there. Here's some examples of what is unexpected. A global pandemic, right? Ask anyone three years ago, is there going to be a global pandemic that's basically going to shut down the global economy? I mean, people would laugh at you, but here we are. Other things that are unexpected, a plane flying into the Twin Towers, a tech bubble, a real estate bubble. I mean, these are things looking back, it's obvious to us, but in the moment or at that time, it wasn't that obvious. These are unexpected. But these are events that happen that greatly disrupt the financial markets. And so we don't know what the future corrections in the markets will be precipitated by. We just know that they're going to come. We know on average, you know, you can expect your investments to drop about 10% per year, at, you know, at any given time, at least once per year. That's a market correction. A bear market, so a 20% drop in prices from all-time highs happen about once every four or five years. So not as frequent, but they still happen. So we don't know what's going to cause the next correction or bear market, but I can say with some certainty that it is coming. And so a big important, I guess, reminder or takeaway is to expect the unexpected and try to create a plan for it. And when you don't know what to plan for, one of the best things you can do is just in general, try to create some safety in your retirement plan. Don't be spread too thin. Have a little bit of cushion in your financial plan for some of these unexpected events, you know, have the right amount of insurance, have the right amount of savings, you know, pursue some of these things that, again, you don't know what the actual risk will be. You just know that there's inevitable risk that will, that you'll face. And so you want to plan for it. So that's the unknowable or that's the unexpected. But I want to spend as much time talking about the expected because there are a few things as I record today in January of 2022 that I would not even be talking about two or three years ago. So these are these are recent developments that we now must face, but they are knowable. When we look into the future, at least the short-term future, 
you know, these are some things that, that we're seeing coming at us and we want to acknowledge and start to plan for. So one of them is inflation. Okay. Inflation, everything, you know, the cost of goods and services rising around us. We've really had stable inflation over the last 10, 20 years. Prices have not been rising very fast, about one, maybe 2% per year on average for the last 20 years. But this year we're looking at six to 7% increase in prices. So inflation is coming and it's coming fast. And, and what is at risk with inflation? Well, it's our pensions. Those of us that have pensions, they're often an amount that we receive from our company or, or a government agency uh, once we retire and we'll receive that amount for the rest of our life. But that amount does not increase over time. So there's no cost of living adjustment or a COLA, cost of living adjustment. Pensions don't often have them. And so the amount that you get is sort of what you get for the rest of your life. Now, as time goes on and more inflation is, is you know coming into play, you're receiving the same amount of money. It just feels like it's less because everything around you, the, the prices are rising. Cash is another thing that's at risk because of inflation. It's good to have cash. I've talked previously about the importance of having an emergency fund. But when your only goal is to stockpile large sums of cash, you're subjecting yourself to inflation risk or the purchasing power risk of that cash. Because again, that cash is not growing, it's not multiplying. Interest rates are very low, but the prices of everything around you is rising. And so over time, even though that cash may be the same, you're not losing money by having cash, but you're losing purchasing power, okay? So how, how can you prepare for inflation? Well, own stocks, right? Own real estate own things that will appreciate with inflation because as inflation is coming you know it's important to have some of these assets that are appreciating you know with that inflation over time real estate has a direct correlation with inflation and stocks have maybe not a direct but there is a correlation with inflation you know stocks across the board tend to rise you know just as the price of goods and services rises through the mechanism of inflation so that's how to prepare don't just stockpile cash but actually be invested own stocks or own real estate so the second risk that we can see coming at us is rising interest rates okay the interest rates again just like inflation have been historically low and have been very stable and low for a long period of time but what we're looking at is discussions of rising interest rates now i don't know when that's going to happen i don't know how much i don't have a crystal ball but they really don't have anywhere to go but up and so when this comes are you prepared and, and here's some practical things to do to prepare for rising interest rates number one don't put off a refinance. If you've been meaning to refinance your home, if your home, if your mortgage is, is at 5% and you can refinance for 3%, now is the time to do that because when interest rates rise, you will lose out on that opportunity. So don't put off that refinance. You can even refinance auto loans, student loans. Now might be the best time if you haven't already to be refinancing before interest rates go back up. Number two, get out of long-term fixed income. So if you have long-term fixed income or, or long duration bonds in your portfolio, you may want to get away from them because I won't get into it, but basically as interest rates rise, the values of bonds drops. And, and the longer the duration of a bond, so a 30-year bond as opposed to you know a, a one-year bond, you know that's going to be affected even more 
by rising interest rates. The value of that is going to drop more. And so, so getting out of longer-term fixed income and at least replacing it with some shorter-term fixed income might be important for you to maintain some of that safety in your portfolio. And finally, just don't be too heavily invested in fixed income, period. It's important to have safety in your portfolio, especially if you're a retiree or you're about to retire, but being too heavily invested in fixed income, having too many bonds in the portfolio, when interest rates hit and you combine that with inflation rising, the ability for those bonds to perform and keep up with inflation over time or even bring about any kind of growth on the safe side of your portfolio is so limited by inflation and by interest rate risk. Uh, and so it's important to at least reevaluate your bond position in your portfolio. The third thing that I want to address as coming down the pike, now this ne isn't necessarily something that we're predicting. I'm not timing the market here. I, I, again, I don't have a crystal ball, but a market correction. A market correction will come, you know why I know this? Because they always come. The market will always correct and it will also continue to rebound. And so when a market correction comes, it's important for us to be anticipating it rather than ignoring it. So how can you prepare for the inevitable market correction. Again, I don't know when the next one's coming, but at some point in time it will come. So number one, how to prepare, don't panic. These are normal, these happen all the time. I already said they happen on average a little over once per year, you can expect a market correction. If you're watching you know, 24 hour financial news, they make it sound like the sky is falling when we're in the midst of a correction, but they happen annually. I mean, they, they happen as, as regular as your own birthday. And so it's important to at least be anticipating when the correction will come. And most importantly, don't panic. Because what happens when we panic is we, we act irrationally, especially with our money. The most common thing that happens is, is you panic, you take money out of your investments, and you go to cash, or you go to bonds, or you go to something that you think is safer. But when you do that during a correction, you are actualizing your loss. So I've talked about this before. I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but don't panic, and especially don't panic and then act out through your financial behaviors. Number two, in preparation for a market correction is to just have flexibility in your income or at least flexibility with your monthly cash flow statement as a family. So whether you're able to create some more income um, and that could be you know, turning on the spigots on some accounts that are sitting idle, like, like dipping into saving or, or dipping into investment accounts, or if you're of the retiree age, turning on you know, some distributions from a retirement account, like a 401k, creating some income options for that inevitable market correction could be really important for you to have. Not saying that you have to turn them on, but at least trying to, to create some options for yourself, you know, increasing your savings so that when the correction comes, you can maybe not have to sell stocks at a loss, but instead go to your savings and consume that for a bit. And then when the rebound happens, that may be when you start to consume out of those investment accounts or brokerage accounts. So again, I don't mean to get in the weeds here. It's different for every person. I want to make that really clear. But just have some flexibility, both in your income and also your spending. Look at what in your spending could be cut out if times get tight. And being able to identify those ahead of time. Because when you're having to do that in the moment, it becomes so much more difficult to make good sound decisions with that. And then the third thing to do with a market correction is actually an advantage, and it's to rebalance your account. So not only should you not be panicking, even when everyone else around you is panicking, but see this as an opportunity. At least ask yourself, what is the opportunity here? And most often, it's actually rebalancing your account. What does that mean? It means taking money from your you know, safer positions that during a correction 
tend to either be stable, if not up a little bit, and diverting some of that money into your stock holdings that could be down. The, the price of, of those holdings are down. That's what a correction is. So actually reallocating money from what's safe and putting it into that which has dropped so that when when the rebound comes, you know, you have that many more shares to rebound. And so rebalancing during corrections is phenomenal. That's when, again, we're not market timers, but if we're able to do something like a Roth conversion during a market correction, I mean, that's pretty ideal. It's basically, you know, moving assets when they're depressed. And so when they rebound, either you have them in the right account or you have that many more shares invested, that it just benefits your plan. So I'll end with that. You know, really the takeaway today is, is there's going to be unexpected and it's important to plan for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. But secondly, there are some things that can be expected. And these are things that you really want to be planning for even more so than the unexpected. And some of the things that might be impacting you, you know, especially those of you that are older, about to retire or in retirement, you know, you need to pay special attention to some of these risks that we are seeing as coming down the pike, inflation, rising interest rates, and market corrections. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. That really helps to get the word out about behavioral wealth. And before acting on anything regarding your finances, please seek the counsel of an independent financial advisor. If you're looking for a place to start, you can check out thebehavioralwealthpodcast.com where you can schedule a free phone consultation with me to help you down the path towards behavioral wealth. Thank you so much for listening. Here's to creating the rhythm in our lives that brings about wealth, health, and happiness. I'm Dr. Dan. This was the Behavioral Wealth Podcast.